0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining me today, he's a Nashville recording artist and rancher. It's Chad Bushnell. How are you doing today, Chad? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what did you like to do growing up?
1: Yeah, I'm from a small town in Northern California called Red Bluff. And man, uh, growing up, i I was into horses and sports and just all the, you know, a lot of things. My, my parents were both uh, rodeo, you know, athletes. And so I grew up riding horses and, you know, doing ranch stuff. And, and I did, I get to play sports and all that. So yeah.
0: when you saw your parents doing rodeo for the first time, what was your thoughts going through that?
1: Ah, you know, I thought it was great, you know, and, and really for me, I, you know, obviously I took off wanting to do music. I mean, I, ever since I was small, I just have always love music but you know it was great I grew up watching my mom barrel race you know and and uh, my dad steer wrestle and ride bulls and it was yeah it was awesome getting to grow up being at rodeos was a great experience so
0: was it ever a conversation to kind of follow in the footsteps of your family members or were they wanting you to do what you wanted to do
1: kind of both I think you know I think my dad um you know he really wanted me to ride bareback horses and you know I just it just wasn't my thing I I did I was a timey you know i rope and steer wrestled so you know that's what I did but you know my dad and grandpa wrote, both rode bucking horses but it just this wasn't my thing so I, I I did timed events and stuck with singing so yeah
0: you talked about horses when you're riding a horse what's that feeling like what do you enjoy about it and what does it you have to have like that certain setting that certain atmosphere to just enjoy it
1: yeah, you know, um I'm kind of an extreme sports type of guy. So I mean I like to I like to steer wrestle and team rope but, or I guess you call it adrenaline junkie. So <laughs> you know, I have to, for me, I mean I, I like riding around. I can go i you know, my sister has a bunch of horses and I help her, you know, condition them once in a while. And so I'll ride around with her and them. But I like to be like, you know, doing stuff like steer wrestling team rope or, or riding in the mountains or, you know, something a little more extreme. So uh that's kind of what gets it for me when I'm riding horses. So
0: Talk about a little bit more about the adrenaline junkie events you were just talking about. I'm very fascinated as I'm not a person that's used to seeing those kind of events. Talk about a little bit more about those.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so team roping, you know, there's one person that, you know, that ropes the head and the other one ropes the heels and, you know, you get a time and, you know, you wouldn't, team roping is a, you know, it's, there's all the adrenaline. You don't know until you do it, you look at it, you're kind of like, oh, it's kind of easy, like golf or something. But until you get on there, I mean, you're going you know, 30 miles an hour on a horse. You, you got to know it. You got to pay attention. And, and especially steer us. Uh, and steer wrestling was my favorite because it's kind of a cross between team roping and riding bulls, you know, because riding bulls is kind of crazy. So uh, for me, uh, steer wrestling was great. I kind of it wasn't super dangerous, but it wasn't too, you know, <laughs> but I liked it. I mean, you, you, you know, you got to you got to move quick and you, you come out of the box with the steer and you uh, go as fast as you can and try to throw the steer on its back basically is what you do and and so i i really liked it but the good thing about steers is that steers don't try to chase you down like bulls you know <laughs> <laughs> bulls want to kill you so
0: you know well I, I, the, thinking about the bulls the only thing i can think of is what i think they do it when france or something where they the bulls just start running through the towns oh, and yeah. everyone's got to dodge it that's what that's the only thing i can think of bulls rodeos things like that What's the biggest thing those events taught you about yourself? Did you have something that you didn't know you could do when you were doing those?
1: I wasn't sure about steer wrestling. I mean, I didn't know if I was you know, big and strong enough. And uh, the first time I was going to do it, I went to a school and uh, the, there was two of us, me and one other younger guy that had never jumped off a horse onto a steer before. And uh, he decided to go first because he had some brothers that did it. So he went out and he got hurt really bad. And so for a few months I was kind of, Scared to do it, you know, and uh, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. And so I went to a different guy that was a family friend, and he—he's a professional, and he, you know, he kind of talked me through and got me to jump my first time. And after I did that, I was like, "Whoa, this isn't so bad," and and I was fine after that, you know. I've and and then I just started really liking it, and I did it for three years, and just decided after a certain time I want to stick with music.
0: <laughs> Talk about your love for music. What was that music that you listened to that kept your passion going?
1: And I I grew up, you know, mostly listening to traditional country and, and Southern gospel. You know, I grew up playing in church with my great grandma and, and my dad and, you know, so a lot of foundation of traditional country and Southern gospel. You know?
0: Was that the only style of music that you were brought up or did you try to like listen to other genres and it just wasn't for you in a way?
1: I did, you know, I mean uh you know my family we all listen to country a lot but i listen to i listen to a lot of rock too i mean credence clearwater bob seeker i grew up listening to all that stuff too and, and i love it it's it's infused in my music a little bit i always feel like i have kind of country sound but a lot of rock influence into it as well it's more of the southern rock and uh yeah and i mean you know when i got into junior high high school of course i listened to like matchbox 20 and that kind of stuff too so i have a little bit of that influence good stuff
0: what was the first instrument you played Uh, guitar.
1: Yeah. Still the only instrument I play. I, you know, some point in my life, if I have more, more free time, I'd love to learn how to play the piano, but uh, I took lessons for six months and I just decided when, you know, I just, I just couldn't keep up with it. It was was tough. So, but guitar has been my instrument.
0: Was the music industry always the main goal as a career for you, or was there ever something else that you dreamt of doing?
1: Pretty much ever since I was three, I just, I wanted to be a country singer. That's really all I wanted to do. I, you know, I, um, I also work as a farrier. You know, I know we might get to talk about that a little bit, but I, I do shoe horses. That's, that's probably my other passion. I, I always thought if I decide I didn't want to go out on the road and, and tour, I, you know, teaching would be a, a great thing. And so that's always been kind of my back pocket is being a teacher too. So.
0: How does someone get into the music industry? How do you start that path to I mean, we all wish that we were the big top star selling records like I don't even think people are selling records, but albums and songs like crazy. How did you get it started?
1: and you know, I coming from a small town, you know, Rebluff, I didn't really know. I just I knew I I started writing songs and singing at a young age and I was singing it like you know, I sing a lot of the national, national anthems, a lot of events. That was my main thing. And I, you know, I jammed with a lot of people. Finally in high school, I'm kind of like, man, you know, I want to do this. And so someone says, start entering some talent shows. So I entered talent shows. And finally, when I was about 16, I ended up winning one and that kind of opened some doors and some people started talking to me. And uh, basically, so uh, I also did the FFA conventions too. I was in FFA all four years and my uh, teacher Jenny Lin Suede to talk me into performing at the state convention, and so man, when I did that, that was like wow. I mean, that was way big compared to anything I'd ever done. There was five thousand people, and I got passed out before I got on stage because I was (laughs) fifteen. I said wow, and then from there, I just I kept performing, doing national anthems, and I sang the national anthem at a PBR event, a small one in in Red Bluff, and the promoters they liked me and they said, hey, uh, you know, you want to. Uh, open at the fair for James Otto and I said you know heck yeah and so that's kind of when I you know so I just started doing that really singing the national anthem entering talent shows I think it's a great way to get started you know of course moving to Nashville or LA uh, something I never really did but that's helpful too
0: is it always the mindset of someone getting into the music industry to just try to get as many gigs as possible because you never know who you're going to meet at those gigs but also it's gaining experience gaining that kind of resume
1: style yeah and yeah, you know i didn't really start getting a lot until i got into college and yeah it was great. that's what really got me to the next level i feel like because i got in there i was pretty green and cold and i, I Still am, <laughs> but I got in there and, you know, I, I really, uh, I always play guitar, but, you know, three years of playing in college, really up my, my game on playing guitar, performing and singing. And I really, uh, I watched other people and I opened for a lot of bands around our area for a while and just kind of watch what they did. It's like, well, okay, I want to go home and try that and practice and go to the next one. I, uh, my guitar playing though, went, you know, way up in three years, just from playing gigs. You know, I was mm-hmm. playing every weekend in college and so.
0: What was that college experience for you, like for you? What were you going for and did music kind of take over or did you kind of mix them all together?
1: Well, you know, I've always wanted, you know, especially my family, I always wanted to get my bachelor's degree in, in college and that's as far as I wanted to go. But I just, I wanted for sure to do that, to get my bachelor's degree before I went full bore with my music. And so I made sure I, it ended up taking me five years, but I got my business degree, my bachelor's in business. And so during college, I was, you know, I was kind of doing both, but I knew as soon as I graduated, I wanted to have a career in music, but it taught me so much. I mean, it just got me, you know, the business knowledge, my maturity, my study habits, and being able to handle, handle yourself in the music business. I mean, it's a business and a lot of people don't realize that they're that in it. You know, you have to, you have to know it's treat it like a business, you know, you have to know business and. That's probably what's kept me going, you know, because there's so many, there's so many talented people out there, you know, I mean, you go to Nashville and you're like, whoa, you know, even just from where I'm at, there's a lot of talented people. And so, you know, really treating it like a business and run it like business, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of how I try to do it.
0: You brought up a great point about getting that bachelor's degree, especially in business where you knew music was going to be your passion, but gaining that knowledge made you even a better, I would say an entrepreneur in a way, because you're the one controlling where you're going to be and how you're going to play and what you're creating and that you made sure to have that safety net. And I think everyone should take those business classes because there's skills that anybody Mm -hmm. can use. You talked about the music industry. Athletes are talking about from a contract standpoint. And then you have even CEOs that have to know the business side. So it's nice that you mentioned about that because for me, I was the same way I knew me. I wanted to be in sports, but business is that foundation to gain all the skills and knowledge for anything you do in life.
1: Yep. Yeah. Too. I had a funny, quick story. I was with the people at Mesa productions, you know, I like to give them a lot of credit because they're the ones that had me sing. I I played for some event. And so they had me sing the national for the the PBR. And then three years later they had me open for James Otto, which he was a big country star star, Mm -hmm. you know? And so from then I got to open for Lee Bryce and Scotty McCreary, which I was super stoked to open for Scotty McCreary. I said, wow. And they were kind of, you know, he just won American Idol. So they're very protective over him, but I think I'm two or three years older than Scotty probably. (laughs) And when I opened for him, I saw him stand there. So we got to talk to him for a minute. And uh, I think I was in my senior year of college or so I was, I was pretty close to graduating. and he just started college and, and I I was talking to him about it and, I said, man, you know, he kind of asked me, well, what's your thoughts on college? I said, man, dude, I said, you're doing so good. I mean, obviously, you just won American Idol. You have a number one hit song. But I said, just for your own personal, you know, thing, get your bachelor's degree, you know, follow through with it and get it. And I think he did. I don't know. I never talked to him since. But <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe I was one of the ones that encouraged him to finish his college career. So I don't know. It was a pretty cool experience getting to talk to Scotty McCreary. I was like, wow. But he was only eight, had to been only 18 at the time. And I said, yeah, I said, man, you're doing great, but get that bachelor.
0: (laughs) Especially at that age, because they think, oh, I'm going to go big time, or I'm going to go mainstream. And you think of some of those American Isles, no one talks about some of them that won. I couldn't even tell you maybe half of the winners, because they either went for a year or two, and then they fell off. So you telling him that, it's like, well, you have a little piece of, I helped Scotty McCurry in a way.
1: Maybe. Yeah. That's what I like to think.
0: What think. other big things did you learn from opening up for those individuals, those big country stars? What are some things that you learned from that
1: experience? Oh man. Uh, just, I just, I learned like how to be in the, you know, stuff to do in the music business. You know, i talk talked to those guys and I, I pick their brains if I can, you know, mm-hmm. most of them are really cool. I mean, I gotta say Lee Bryce, uh, Jared Neiman, uh, Mark Wills, those three have been very nice, you know, and they, they, they give encourage me, and you know kind of once in a while I'll reach out, and they might respond and say, "Hey, you need to do this and that, and you know and you need to you need to be here in Asheville in and out, you need to be uh you know writing more and they, so, so I've kind of think of some of the, especially Aaron Watson too. he's been a great coach, and um I've learned a lot I've worked with his team a little bit, and his his band's been helping produce my music lately, and uh they his drummer produced the song that's coming out, and so you know I've learned a lot from them and their crew really. I us say so. growing
0: up in a small town in california and b- going to other places around the world or around the country what was that experience like did it get nervous going to these places you've never been to or was it more of an excitement because of the experience that you got
1: oh kind of both you know i mean i've always, it's always been my dream to travel and perform I, that's my favorite part of this too is i mean i i do love to write i love you know love to play guitar and i love everything about it, but my ultimate favorite thing is Traveling, performing, playing shows, meeting new people. And I always love to meet new people and play different areas. That's that's the best part for me. I, re- I really like that part of it. You know, not everybody likes that. I, my friend Corey back in Nashville, I mean, he's he he likes to write songs 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and goes home with his family on the weekends. He doesn't really perform for me. I I mean, I did, like I said, I like to write, but performing is what I like to do. And I, I really get excited. I mean, yeah, I get nervous. I did it first, especially going to Nashville. It's intimidating to go to Nashville mm-hmm. sometimes. But now I just get excited. Like, I just, you know, I just think, man, anytime I get to go to Nashville and write songs and music row and perform, it's just pretty awesome, you know?
0: (laughs) How do you stay focused with being known as a Nashville recording artist? Where in Nashville, there's hundreds and thousands of other people wanting that spot or that opportunity. How do you stay focused on the prize?
1: man, I just, you know, I pray about it and just put it in God's hands because I know that some, there's only a certain amount you can control. You know, I mean, I can only, you know, sing as good as I can sing and write songs because I can write. I mean, I go there, I try stuff. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I just keep, you know, I treat it like it is my job and it's mm-hmm. business. Like I was saying before, I just, you know, and I, uh, I always, you know, I've prayed about it and known, I think since I was three, there's some kind of place for me somewhere there. You know, I don't know if it's, <laughs> I don't know if it's being the next Blake Shelton or writing the hit song or something or making a living at it. I don't know, but I've just always known since I was three, there's something. And that's why that's, what's kept me going with it really. You know, so.
0: Sometimes I ask musicians, what's your dream stage you want to perform at? So I'm going to ask you that. What's that dream stage you hope to perform at in your future?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the Grand Ole Opry would be pretty awesome. I'm sure you get that, but I mean, some of these arenas too, I got to say, I mean, something I always wanted to do. And I've, I've hoped for, I, when I went to that FFA convention for three years, the selling arena in Fresno, I mean, it it holds like 10, 15,000 people. That place it's huge. And I said, man, someday, if I can, you know, get, get some credibility and have a hit song, it'd be cool to come back and perform on that stage in front of the, you know, 10, 15,000 people. So I'm hoping I get that opportunity at some point. So.
0: You're, the answer with the Grand Ole Opry, a lot of times I have country artists, they say that, but it's just the legacy and the, the basically the opportunity of a lifetime to go there. It's big for star our country singers because of the impact that it has on their careers. Is there ever a kind of duo, like a duet um, opportunity? Who would you want? Would you ever want that Scotty McCreary opportunity to kind of reminisce on the first time you met to where you've gotten to in your career
1: yeah yeah that'd be awesome to have have a duet with scotty but yeah uh man i mean probably my ultimate for me would oh, man if i got to have a duet it would you know probably be with vince gill i'd have to say okay. I mean, he's one of my favorites you know if i ever got to get on stage and sing and play guitar with vince gill that probably you know i'd probably be able to just quit and be like okay i think you know <laughs> i've lived my dream and <laughs> or dwight him, but you know vince gill is something about vince you know
0: I'd like to move to your songs when you're writing a song what's the big message you're hoping for when a listener is listening to it
1: yeah, and just to touch people and encourage them you know I mean I like to I I like doing inspirational country you know I mean I it most of the time and that's kind of what I've fallen into lately We just hope it can bless some people in some way and encourage them to do better in their own life and you know be a, and that's kind of what I like to do with my music and my writing. That's that's why I've been going back there and writing with Corey Barker and some of those guys that are big inspirational country writers. That opportunity came about, and uh, some people I get to write with, it's, it's pretty awesome. So I just, I just hope it touches people, blesses people, and helps them try to be better in life. You know, that's what I hope
0: are the songs that you write are they from personal experiences that you've gone through and that you're hoping that someone out there can maybe relate and utilize it as an inspiration that you mentioned
1: yeah most of the time they're from life experiences or other people's lives i've looked at you know and seen i write stuff about that too and but let you know a lot of the songs off this new album that's coming out kind of have the you know hometown small town influence thing and you know and one of my songs is talks about staying in your hometown and because uh, people ask me all the time, you know, like, oh, you got to be in Nashville, 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 all this stuff and, and get out of Red Bluff. And I said, well, you know, not not everybody wants to do that, you know, and there's, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, yeah, and, you know, I my whole thing on the Nashville thing, I think you got to be there. But I think that it's also really oversaturated, too. And I don't think yep. that, you know, I don't think that everybody has to go to Nashville. Some people are happy just being where they're from and writing songs and, you know, so. Yeah, I just hope that, uh, you know, when I write songs, it encourages people to kind of do what they want, what's in their heart, and not what everybody else wants, you know, tells them all the time.
0: <laughs> That's put that on like a poster, a neon sign right there, because it's like people maybe outside of the industry think, oh, you should go do that. I go, I think I'm doing what's best for me. And like exactly. you said, some people like that hometown feeling like being yeah. there and kind of creating their own atmosphere because you can make music wherever you want in this world. Yes. Nashville has its pros and cons, but your hometown Red Bluff has the pros and cons also, yeah. but you want to be where you're comfortable.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm close to my family and, you know, I got a lot of support here. I have some people that kind of help sponsor some things and it's just like my teams here, you know, and I go to Nashville I mean, I do love going to Nashville. And hopefully at some point I can make enough money and buy a small house there and I can live there too. That's the goal. But you know, I go back there to co-write and record a lot of my stuff and just to, you know, to mingle and communicate. And so
0: during the last couple of years with the pandemic, how has that played an impact in your music career?
1: Man, that was, uh, that was tough. I mean, I, I had it better than a lot of people, you know, I, like I said, I also work as a farrier and so I was able to keep that going, but it wasn't quite enough. And, you know, when I lost all my shows in 2020, I'm like, man, you know, I'm, we're, you know, we're okay. I'm shoeing horses. And, you know, my wife, my wife works. We were doing okay to pay our bills, but it just wasn't, you know, I'm like, I do want extra stuff too, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yep. I, there's this jerky company that it was a little small hole in the wall place. And uh, I uh, always got their jerky cause you know, I could eat it when I'm working and I wouldn't have to stop for lunch. I could munch on it and keep me going through work and they expanded. And unfortunately when the fires happened, they, I think they made a bunch of money and expanded and got kind of big so I was sitting there one day during COVID, like, man, what do I do? And I said, man, I wonder if they would do a Chad Bushnell jerky and I would work with them. And so I reached out to them and they were all about it. Uh, I mean, I have to work out. I have to sell it, but that did help. It, it's helped a lot since COVID when all my shows are canceled. I also went back to school too <laughs> for a little bit for six months. I never thought I'd go back to college again. I, I thought after I got my bachelor's, but I went back and um, during those six months, I got uh, my prerequisites done for being a school teacher. So yeah. And I kept writing, you know, I kept I, that's kind of how I wrote some songs for this new album during COVID and it's a lot of little inspiration there. So,
0: yeah, I'm, I'm so fascinated about this beef jerky. What's the flavor? Like, what's what's your what was the creation of it?
1: Well, it's kind of went off what they have It the honey pepper is definitely the that's what everybody talks about. But I don't know. So I have honey pepper, regular pepper and garlic. OK, so the honey pepper seems to be the best seller. People just like that. I'll have to, I'll have to send you a little bag. And, uh, it's, it's pretty good stuff. It's all natural. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's great, it's, you know, cause some certain jerky for me, it doesn't sit right with me and mm-hmm. uh, kind of, kind of wigs me out a little bit when I'm working, but this stuff, it's just all natural, you know, and it's just, it's good stuff. And I love working with them and I love selling it. And so
0: Well, you talked about selling it and thinking about what's education. You went with a business degree, those skills have to help you in during that time with selling a jerky, because your name's on it. You want to do a good job for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's been great. It's a learning curve too. And I learned, you know, where it sells. Uh, I have it in four different stores now, which is cool. I'm really excited about that. And the, the jerky company, they're just, they're just awesome. It's called it's jerky. And now it's called, they have the brand Chad Bushnell it's jerky. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been great. sells at my shows and sells at the stores and it's great stuff. So,
0: With going back to your songs, are you someone that kind of just likes to put out songs instead of trying to make a music video or those kind of things? You just want to record and get the music out there for your fans to listen.
1: I like to do both. I mean, um, I don't get too carried away with the music video thing. I think like one, maybe one per album, I'll pick my favorite song and put a music video to it, but I know for this song, we're just doing a lyric video. I had a cool thing happen actually with, the, with Ford and uh, Big Valley Ford out of Stockton, kind of a little south of me. They took interest in my music and had been using it for their commercials. And so they did a full music video on me and used it to promote their trucks. And uh, so they, it was kind of cool. They took over and did everything for me and used my song. And uh, so that's been something I've been working with them now. And uh, so they've been doing my music videos, lyric videos. my favorite song off this album whiskey to work that's coming out in february i'm going to do a music video for that one in nashville though so but i do i like to just record i like to keep music coming out every couple months and keep things fresh and so that's that's what i like to do so
0: talk about that new single that's coming out soon what was the inspiration behind it and what are your thoughts people are going to have about it when it comes out
1: well you know so ain't much changed i you know normally i like to write everything i do but uh I, I had the pleasure of meeting Brian White, uh, who's a, written many hit songs. He wrote, uh, you know, that one that they play on the radio a like hundred times a week still. uh <laughs> I've been watching you, you know, by Rodney Atkins. Cool song. He wrote that and uh, they needed another act to be at the songwriter night. And I got to sit next to Brian White and sing my songs I wrote with him. And I'm like, whoa, I'm a big fan. And so after the show, I got connected with Brian and I said, man, I'm coming out with this new album. I said, I'd love to have one of your, I'd love to write with you. It didn't work out to write with him. So I said, well, could you maybe send me some songs? I'd love to just record one of your songs and put on the album. And so he sent me six songs and I heard this one. And obviously I'm a big nineties country fan. That's probably my favorite, you know, Tim McGraw, Tracy Lawrence. So I heard this song and I said, well, this sounds like something Tim McGraw would have came out with the night in the 1990s. I said, that's the song I want to record. And, uh, it felt like I sang it, you know, the best I could. It fit my voice. And so I just, I went with that. And, uh, you know, the lyrics, I've actually had a couple family members that have almost gone through the same scenario the song talks about so I could relate. So, I mean, the, the first time I heard it, I said, well, I got to hear that song again. I got to hear the demo. And so I knew that was the song. And so that's the first one I wanted to come out for this new album. And I'm excited about it. So,
0: It's amazing that you had that connection with or your family members had the connection because it makes them... Feel for it. And I think that's what's so powerful with music nowadays is yeah. you may hear it and there's that emotional connection to it. But then when you really dive down deep into the lyrics, you're like, I know why I connected with it because there's something that hits that lyric or that note or the s- song for that person. What those music, what those, when you, when your fans hear it, are you getting that reaction from them? Where are they having those same moments?
1: I think so. You know, I, I didn't experience this, but I, you know, I'm close to not personal. I'm supposed to give it to an uncle of mine and uh, you know, they had this experience of like almost a song and I'm, you know, I'm I'm close with them and I kind of watched how it affected him. And this song was like almost exactly about what happened with him really. And I said, wow, this song couldn't be any more, you know, (laughs) real, you know? And so I, as that was kind of the thing that put me over there. So yeah, I got to record this song, you know. And so yeah, and my fans. I mean, I have a lot of people that message me and say, "Whoa, you know, I lost so and so." this hits home, you know. And so when I hear that, it's kind of cool to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: With social media being a powerful tool, with Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and those, how have you been able to utilize that to really branch your brand out there?
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I, you know, I try to post stuff every day. You know, and sometimes I don't post just music stuff. You know, I'll post like I'm shooting some horses or roping with my sister or fishing or you know. So people, you know, kind of try to keep it real. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. I mean, a lot of the videos I've posted and you know my my sister and my mom and everybody sort of helps me with that. All my social media and uh, gross shout out to Burning Ground Entertainment. You know, they've been a lot of help lately. And so. Yeah, it's uh, social media has been awesome. I feel like when I put those couple music video videos out a few years ago, those really helped. And because i would just been performing locally. And when I put those out, I mean, people in like Pennsylvania were commenting on there and I'm like, whoa, this is kind of next level. It it was cool.
0: (laughs) Well, people are listening to this at the time of this interview. You posted a couple hours ago about you were at the lake with your family members. And I think that's so important because a lot of times artists want to just post music, 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 but us as fans, we want to be able to learn more about you. And that's, what's, what I do on my shows. I want to know about you and your experience and stuff when you're posting those and reminiscing on those moments, Mm -hmm. does that always make you think when's the next time I'm going to get to do that again? I want to go back to the lake. I want to go be with animals and things like that.
1: Uh, All the time. (laughs) So
0: So what's something you hope to do personally? We talked about your music, but personally, what are you something you want to accomplish in the future?
1: Man, uh, and I have a lot of things. I'm kind of one of those people, but I, I, you know, I love to hunt and fish and, you know, of course, I guess outside of the music performances on the Grand Ole Opry and stuff like that you know, I'd love to go, uh, you know, trophy mule deer hunting someday. I'd love to go, you know, fishing in Alaska, you know, or, you know, something, stuff like that. I mean, that stuff, I, you know, I would like to do a, go to Europe someday and uh, travel and do that whole thing. I think it would be pretty cool. It's always something ever since I watched European vacation, you know, <laughs> maybe when I was little, I'm like, yeah, so I want to do that someday. I want to take, uh, oh, you know, another thing you just made me think I, and I, I think you can still, you can still do it, but You know, if I ever have kids and stuff, I want to get the station wagon and take the family and do the old Route 66 tour. Something I've always wanted to do, and I know a lot of it's like it's hit and miss, but you start in L.A. and go to Chicago, I believe. And you you drive and you make all the stops and you go to, you know, Winslow, Arizona, you go prehistoric forest, you, you know, and do that. That's something I want to do someday if I have kids and take the family on a road trip, so.
0: Anyway. The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the
1: challenge? And yeah, just really pray. I mean, you know, I've always uh, kept, you know, Lord center in my life and just, you know, keep my faith and work hard and, you know, just going, going into it. know you're going to have ups and downs I mean, a lot of people get into it and, you know, their first down, they give up, you know, but you just have to know going into the music business that. You know, there's going to be a lot of highs and lows. And I mean, I've had, I've been turned down. I've, had, I've gone to Nashville for something and people completely flake out on me, you know, and there just went a little bundle of travel money, you know? So yeah, you just have to go into it and you know if it's what you really want to do, then you have to just follow through and keep going, you know? So.
0: Well, Chad, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you.
1: Thank you, man. It's great to uh, talk to you, and thanks for having me.
0: Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise of the challenge. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major audio platforms. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to explore the length episode in video format. What path do you to take to accomplish your goals? You decide.